0: Women Up Radio, designed to facilitate women's empowerment, improve your career, develop your talents, incorporate your passions, achieve fulfillment and success. Hello, this is Women Up Radio, supporting Empower Women. And today we're talking about advancing women in the world of sustainability and energy, not just for women, but also for the planet. I'm joined at the studio by my guest, Joan Michelson award-winning marketing communications leader, journalist, and public speaker who specializes in advancing women and in sustainability and energy. She's executive producer and host of the acclaimed podcast Green Connections Radio, which has been chosen as one of the top six podcasts by USA Today. She's a blog in the Huffington Post and was also a reporter-producer with top media organizations. For many years, Joan has been a communications and marketing leader with Fortune 100 companies, including Chrysler, American Express, and Deloitte's. Welcome to the program, Joan.
1: Thank you so much, Anna. It's a delight to be here.
0: So, Joan, you've done so much in your career. I mean, it's amazing. You've got a special interest in green and clean energy and sustainability. So, what drew you to this topic? And what led you to make this your career path?
1: Well, it actually happened by happenstance. I mean, the, I guess you could say the universe intervened. Um, <laughs> I was recruited by the electric car division of Chrysler to head up their communications and co-head the sales and marketing team. And I didn't even have the word automotive or energy or vehicles or anything remotely like it on my resume wow yeah i met some people from uh the company in a meeting and didn't realize i was talking to the president of the company until later on in the meeting and the next morning he called me and started recruiting me and moved me to the midwest
0: oh what a wonderful wonderful way to get into it
1: yes and when i got there i discovered that um I really had kind of fallen in love because I loved that there were all these amazing, talented people doing amazing things, making money, making the world a better place and having fun. And I just adored it. I didn't particularly like where I was physically living at the time, although I loved the people, but the the climate was tough because they moved me to Fargo, North Dakota. Yeah. It was a very tough winter, as I'm sure you know. So um, I wasn't fond of the winter. I won't, I won't lie to you about that. But I loved the people and I loved the job and it changed my life forever. I just fell in love with the industry.
0: Having women in this kind of industry is more unusual than usual because it's typically a male-dominated industry, which I think is unfortunate. But um, there's already considerable proof On the advantages of having women in the C-suite and in senior management because of the positive impact on corporate financial success due to their vision regarding risk and their different analysis of situations. So for you, how does this compare to having women in similar positions regarding the development of green and clean energy and the benefits to our ecological future?
1: Well, the financial and performance benefits are quite similar, as you would guess. Mm -hmm. The added benefit is twofold. One is that you get more innovation because, as, as studies have proven, having diverse teams at the table means that you get new ideas. I mean, just as a sort of blatant example, the International Monetary Fund blamed the financial crisis in 2008, 2009 on groupthink because they all it was basically a bunch of white men who thought alike all sitting at the table making monetary policy. Um, And so, but this is a brand new industry and people are, you know, we need to innovate, we need to solve new problems and we need to solve existing uh, needs for power in a completely different way. And so we need as many new ideas at the table as we can get. So it drives innovation. But the second reason is also quite compelling, and that is women make 80-something percent of the purchasing decisions in this country and around the world. And as a result of it, we, women drive the economy. And so it's not really practical, frankly, to develop solutions, particularly those that affect consumers and residential homes, et cetera, if you don't have the key buyers at the table.
0: Yeah. Very good point. So do you think that as women, we tend to have a different view to men on the future of ecology and the protection of our planet, or just different ways for achieving it?
1: Well, I think it's multiple things. I think, frankly, there is the maternal instinct, you know, we're, we're more protective, we tend to be good stewards, right? Right. Mm-hmm. um and yet we also frankly need convenience uh we're juggling a great deal whether we have children or not we're always juggling different things yes. and uh and we've gotten pretty good at it we're also very price conscious yes. and so we an impact conscious in general i mean when we're thinking out a decision whether it's um clothing or you know schools for kids or what have you we're always looking at the whole picture you know we're looking at buying a car i mean i i've talked to people at chrysler who uh, even young girls who were getting our electric cars their first car when they originally were thinking of getting an suv and uh, i'll never forget a young girl in texas who was we did a video with her and I, you can't make this stuff up. And she started the video by saying, I had my heart set on a Chevy Tahoe when she's driving one of our little electric cars, <laughs> and it, you know, it was just, she's, she said, you know, when she was 16, you know, she looked at the paradigm yeah. Wait a minute. The numbers don't add up here. Yeah. Um, but you know, women are always have always been more economical than men. I mean, even micro loans are more more often paid back by women, yes. and women spend more on kids and education. Um, and so, I think that that we women tend to um, be better caretakers of the planet. For the most part, even the women who work in the fossil fuel industry are very are very conscious of it, and they they like to lean towards the renewable fuels or or reducing the impact of uh, whatever they're doing.
0: Yes, yeah, I've I've seen that. So, do you think, in terms of gender equality in the workplace, how difficult is it for women to work in the energy sector in general compared to the green energy sector? Is there any difference?
1: Yes, there's a stark difference. In the energy, in fossil fuels, there's only about 13% of the energy jobs are held by women. Uh Um, In renewable and alternative energy, um, it's getting better because women are more drawn into that field. Unfortunately, a lot of women are still drawn, and I shouldn't say unfortunately, but um, are drawn into the nonprofit side. I just say unfortunately, because I'd like women to be more profit driven. Yes. Um, but um I think that there's more opportunity in clean energy and alternative energy also because it's inherently less male dominated because it's a new industry. I yeah. mean it's still somewhat male-oriented, male dominated just because men have always been in the workforce and it's dominated by engineers and physicists yeah. who still tend to be male. But there are many more opportunities because it's a new field and women are you know, being entrepreneurs as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So is
0: is there a typical or a standard path for a woman to follow if they want to become a leader or a change maker in the field of green energy?
1: Well, that's an interesting uh, question because I find that Women make career decisions differently, anyway, and in fact, I'm I'm writing a book about this myself. So women tend to make more values-driven decisions from the uh, in career decisions in general. Um, women need to actually learn to follow the money more in order to advance in organizations because it's it's where you make the money for the company that's going to get you an advance an advanced position, right? It's managing a and etc. But um, you can also work for a consulting firm with their energy or environment of practice, for example, or you can work in government. I've spoken to and interviewed and gotten to know many women in alternative energy in government or even in the military. I mean, I interviewed Catherine Hammock, who studied engineering, but she's um, not a PhD. And she was Assistant Secretary of the Army for Energy Installations and Environment. And so there are many opportunities, career opportunities, because there's there these are new companies, but also because um, they are there are so many different angles you can approach it from, right?
0: Yeah, oh, that sounds really fascinating.
1: It actually is quite fascinating.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I know I worked in energy way back when. Um, so I'm always very interested and also I'm very into ecology and obviously into women. So for me, it's it's like it's bringing everything into, you know, the, the right place. But from what you're saying, there seems to be quite a link between the issues that we've been talking about and some of the 17 global goals which form part of the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. So... If we take the ones that are particularly relating to today's issues, meaning gender equality, affordable and clean energy, sustainable cities and communities, climate change, that sort of thing. What's your opinion of these goals and the way that we can implement them? And particularly, what way do you think this helps to empower women?
1: Well, there's a lot of ways. Yes, they are directly aligned with women's values because uh, women, you know, are very pro community. They're they want to have clean air and clean water for their kids. They're buying the foods. They're paying the bills. They're paying the electric bills, right? So they're the sustainable development goals were specifically designed to reduce the, cre- the threat of global warming. In general, yeah. the ones you mentioned, but they're also designed to build up communities and, and foster economic development and. Yeah. And women's empowerment has been directly tied to the trajectory of economic development. I mean, just sort of obviously when you have more people working, you have a stronger economy. But also uh, women tend to spend more on their communities and on their children's education. Um, and again, they are, you know, women are the top consumer but also because, you know, it's a brand new field and women can take ownership and women can take on different roles and start new companies and there aren't as many entrenched forces in the new renewable, the clean energy part. And even when it comes to sustainable cities, I mean, government obviously is, is uh, an established entity, but the sustainability part is new. Yeah, And sometimes... It, sort of the good part of it being looked upon at least initially askance was it would be, okay, so we can, you know, we can put a woman here and doesn't, you know, I won't, it won't be a threat, you know, kind of thing. And then when she does fabulous things, yeah. you know, she's making a real impact. Um, and, you know, because women are um, on the front lines, they're also developing things like the clean cook stoves, right? I mean, it's not likely with all due respect to men, it's, I, I can't i it would be hard for me to see how clean cook stoves would be would be developed and marketed as aggressively as it is by men, yes
0: you
1: know because it's for women yeah. understanding the plight of what women go through every day yes. the other is a very interesting program that um coca-cola and Dean Kamen partnered on with um i think it might have been the world bank might been another funding entity to provide places facilities that are run by women where women and developing countries can bring water to get it purified and they can charge their cell phones while they're there. Yeah. And these are all facilities run by women because they know that women are the ones who are going there and they need to feel safe. And if they don't feel safe, they won't go. Yeah. yeah. I interviewed Rachel Kite, who is CEO of the UN Sustainable Energy Program. And she, she's literally in the person on the front lines of executing the Paris Accord and you know she and I talked a lot about this the the goals are very interrelated especially the ones that you mentioned Um, and they are also tied to poverty I mean poverty is a reducing poverty is another one of the sustainable development goals and when you're growing new industries and you're creating sustainable cities and you're creating gender equality you're inherently going to have greater economic development and less poverty
0: you are listening To Anna Letitia Cook at Women Up Radio.
1: Do you think that
0: the Sustainable Goals regarding green energy and advancing women in this sector are they implemented in the same way all over the world, or are there considerable differences depending on economic, geographic, and political factors?
1: Well, every country is unique, you know, every, mm-hmm. every country has different needs. I mean, Germany has been well ahead of the U.S. in renewable energy, for example,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: actually now with the, the current president of the U.S. kind of pulling all of that back, you know, that you have that change. So every, every country has unique issues, priorities, and cultural differences that drive those mm-hmm. uh, priorities. I mean, the, the top 20 uh, countries in <laughs> excuse me, renewable energy, though, are in Europe, Germany, Sweden, Denmark, Norway, and Iceland, according at least to the World Economic Forum. Yeah. And they're also countries that rate um, higher on women's empowerment as well. Yeah. Uh, Canada's 13th, France, where you are, is number 11. Um, the U.S. was not in the top 20, and I I'm imagine, as I said, it will probably fall back further under the Trump administration, um, but, um, developing countries, you know, they're, they're facing other things. I mean, the, what they can do is they can start building their infrastructure. They, they need to build a new, uh, an infrastructure from the get go and they can, they can not make the mistakes that the West made. They can do it right the first time and learn, from our mistakes and also benefit from all the new technologies. I mean, they don't always see it that way because they say, well, yeah, you know, sure you wanna cut back on fossil fuels now that you don't need them, yep. and we do. Yeah. So each each area has um, has to match where their achievements are on the sustainable development goals according to their culture and their priorities. Yes. And that's frankly, I think it's part of also why uh mbs the the crown prince in saudi um besides the fact that he needs to keep people loyal to the kingdom he you know is has a, a very aggressive renewable energy uh program now because so much of their revenue was going downhill because it was tied to oil yes. and and he's freeing up women to join the workforce and drive and vote and yep. run for office yeah great
0: to hear that so so what progress do you think's been made over the last 10 or 15 years with this and do you think it'll continue as well in the future or will there be a big change
1: oh I think great progress has been made especially the last 10 or 15 years because there's been so much innovation and there's been so much more investment I wrote a Huffington Post blog uh, on the anniversary of the gulf oil spill that i called the gifts of the gulf of mexico of the bp oil spill yeah my environmental friends thought i needed a frontal lobotomy but the <laughs> the point was that it um escalated exponentially investment in clean energy, which then gave birth to this huge new industry on a much more aggressive platform. And in fact, in some ways, some people argue that the election of Donald Trump in the U.S. has activated a similar kind of force in both clean energy and women's empowerment. Um, Because, you know, after the oil spill, people said, oh, my God, we can't risk this happening again. There's got to be a better way. And a lot of very wealthy people and organizations just pivoted funding from something else into this area. And literally in the nine months following the Gulf of Mexico oil spill, there was a boost of about $33 billion in investment, new investment in clean energy. Oh, really? So yeah, so there's, there's huge progress being made and it's happening, it's happening every single day. Um, I just interviewed a woman uh, last week who is working, which is so interesting. Actually, we aired it this morning. Her name is Marty Elder, and she's a civilian, but she works with an organization that collaborates with the Department of Defense Mm -hmm. on taking their clean energy technologies and other technologies um, into the private sector because there are many things that they invent because their people are so incredibly brilliant that the military either can't use or doesn't you know has limit they can see private sector use for so they license it to the private sector okay. well things like you'll love this like um uh harnessing the power of human movement and putting it into an en- into like a battery that then powers your laptop or your cell phone oh wow isn't that, that cool that's or or increased the uh, power of solar cells so that drones and security cameras can stay on longer more reliably and more safe or light bulbs you know like this one too light uh street there are some street lamps now in certain cities particularly in california but in other places too that are called smart lights and they collect data and some of it they send to the police. So like if the light picks up an altercation, some kind of violent altercation yeah. within range, it it sends a message to the police department and they come and and help. Oh, wow. Or they collect data on traffic patterns to help monitor the the speed limits, the lights, etc. And then there are companies that are inventing um road materials to absorb The movement of vehicular movement to harness energy and and charge electric cars and power batteries and things like that. So that's amazing. Yeah, there's a lot of amazing stuff going on. I mean, the what I'm concerned about is in this administration, the U.S. administration pulling back on these innovations in general. The good part is they're still investing in the Department of Defense that's doing this work, but the Department of Energy, the ARPA-E. Uh, innovation arm of the department of energy is doing enormous things really terrific technologies and things and the private sector has stepped up but you know mother nature is gonna is gonna not wait so we have to catch up and try to fend her off at the path yeah yeah
0: yes because
1: and also just in, in closing on this point um State and local governments individually in the U.S. at least are doing a great deal. Many, about 20-something states have renewable energy standards, about 200 state and local U.S. government officials signed on to the Paris Accord, um, even though Trump uh, is claiming that the U.S. is pulling out. So state and local governments are doing a great deal as well on their own. Oh, that's good to hear. That's very
0: good to hear. Particularly for such a, an enormous country, because the the impact that can have is immense.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? Okay, so coming to the end now, are there any last thoughts that you would like to leave us with about this sector, this industry, the future, what we can do, or how it can impact us?
1: Well, I think there are a few things. Uh, one is, I would say. If this interests you, start where you are. You don't have to leave your job and go join a nonprofit. You can, you can, you know, notice the behaviors in the office that you're in or in the business that you're in or in the job that you're in and see what you can do to, to reduce it. You can go, you can talk to people to find out what the energy use is and impart new um Make suggestions of new things that they can do to reduce their energy input uh, output you can get uh to reduce their energy consumption. you can get an energy audit you can also you know volunteer in places and um and and the other one I would say that actually has to do more with women's empowerment is and stand up for yourself in advancing your role if you want if you want to advance in your career increase your visibility, you know, with the internet, you can write anywhere, ask for speaking engagements, um, improve whatever skills you need to improve um, that you think would be important to doing so, ask your boss what it would take to, you know, what you need to know to get promoted to your next job, and then go for it and prove that you can do it somehow, even if it's just writing a blog about it periodically, because you can do that on LinkedIn, you can do it on Tumblr, You don't need to be published anywhere in particular to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And also in closing, I'll say, and this is appropriate also for you, for you in terms of your, um, what I see you believe in is hang out with people who lift you up. Yes. If you're hanging out with people who make you feel bad or say, no, you can't or whatever, then find new friends. Okay. Find new people to hang out with and limit your time with people bring you down and spend time with people who lift you up yeah
0: perfect very good advice that (laughs) i agree with it totally so thank you very much joan it's really been a pleasure and it's been fascinating to hear all about that so thank you for coming on to the show
1: Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. And thank you for having me. I'm, it's a pleasure. And thank you also for the tremendous work that you do. I've been, been doing a bit of studying up on your work, and I'm fascinated and intrigued and have 8 million
0: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> We'd like to thank our guest, Joan Michelson, marketing communications leader, journalist, and host of Green Connections, for sharing her expertise on advancing women in the world of sustainability and green energy. I'm Anna Letitia Cook, and you've been listening to us at Women Up Radio. Thanks also to Meryl Guzel and Laura Martinez of UN Women's Empower Women for the wonderful work that they do to advance the case for women's equality today. And a big thank you to you, the listeners. I hope you've enjoyed listening to Joan and hearing all the advice and the input she's given about sustainability, about energy and about advancing women. Please send in any questions or feedback to us. You can find our social media and contact details as well as all of Jones through our website womenup.global/radio. Women Up Radio designed to facilitate women's empowerment, improve your career, develop your talents, incorporate your passions, achieve fulfillment and success.